Welcome to the Calvary Cast, a podcast from Calvary Bible Church in Grand Junction, Colorado. At Calvary, we exist for the glory of God, the good of His people, and the Great Commission. Good morning, CBC! <laughs> How do you know it's morning when they're listening to it? Because we're not even in morning. That is a good question. Are you just trying to wake everybody up because of the time change and now people are feeling it? I'm, like I'm trying me? to wake you up. Oh, well, good. It's working. Yeah, because of the time change. I am tired trying to do my best Robin Williams impersonation. There you go. And, uh, yeah. And I mean, so this will drop Wednesday morning. So congratulations to the winner of the 2020 election. We have Somebody. no idea. Yes. And we probably won't know then either. Probably won't know then either. We could have like, I could say congratulations to Donald J. Trump or congratulations to Joe Biden. And, uh, we could cut it in appropriately for years going down. Should we make a a prediction or no? No. Okay, we'll bypass that. Other than I'm pretty sure the Libertarian candidate won't win. Yeah. Well, Pat Robertson now. Just uh, <laughs> <laughs> tell more about what Pat Robertson he did. He predicted, uh, of course, uh, Donald Trump yes. as a guaranteed winner. Yeah. Immediately followed by <laughs> asteroids asteroid. sent from Jesus that will destroy the earth. Man. Good times. Good times. Anyway, well, we are back. Episode like 43, maybe? Something like that? Yes, I think it is, 43. Yeah. I'm Graham and you're Jess. That's true. And today we are going to talk about what? The Reformation and particularly the results of the Reformation that we're going to be, or that we should be uh, grateful to God for. Yeah. And, of course, when we're talking about the Reformation, we're talking about, oh, what happened uh, 500 years ago. 503 years ago, to be exact. There you go. Sparked right around, uh, well, on October 31st, 1517, when Martin Luther famously nailed those 95 theses to the door in the church in Wittenberg, encouraging his colleagues to debate with him and discuss those things. And... um, Historians tell us that was really the the fuse was lit then, yeah. and from then on the Reformation ensued. So, I mean, you're a noted church historian. I am, you know, and so this will be a really informed podcast for for everyone out there. We're not actually going to uh, dig into the wealth of church history knowledge that you have, right? Uh, just because it would be. You know. It would just take too long. It would take too long. It um, would overwhelm people. It'd probably be over the heads of most <laughs> of our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I'm teasing about that. No, I'm just kidding. But we decided what we did. We weren't going to do this getting into the history of the Reformation, really. Mm-hmm. We more wanted to talk about the results of the Reformation right. and things that we in the 21st century right. Christians in the United States should really be thankful for right. uh, that emerged from that. There are a lot better church historians than us Yes, to give you the history of the Reformation. And so we will point you to them, and maybe even in the podcast links, the show notes, as they say in the biz, yep. uh, we'll put some uh, resources there. You can go There are lots of good things. Every year I've tried to dive into the Reformation a little bit, mm-hmm. either through reading or listening to things. Mm-hmm. And I 
there are great series of uh, lectures that have been put on about the life of Martin Luther, uh, John Calvin, about the Reformation itself, where these were seminary classes. They recorded them, and, and they're available online for anybody to listen to. And they're super interesting. Um, plus, there are good written resources, of course, all over, or things you can just look at in the Internet and spend yeah. an hour just kind of, you know, researching the history of the Reformation. So and that's le- helpful. Let's let, before we we dive into the results of the Reformation, though. Let's just briefly what was the Reformation? What was trying to be reformed? Right. So the the reformers like Martin Luther, let's say, mm-hmm. their their understanding at that time was that the Roman Catholic Church was the church. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so they were uh, disputing some of the teachings of the church. So like with Martin Luther, it was. Uh, what really got to him was the uh, selling of indulgences. Mm-hmm. So basically, um, the Roman Catholic Church taught about th- that a person, people go to purgatory and burn off some of their sins before they go to heaven. Okay. And th- they were, uh, in order to raise funds for uh, St. Peter's uh, church to build that church, they were going around and selling these indulgences and people could pay for those and then they'd get that indulgence which would either be for them or a loved one uh, where the Pope would have granted them a certain amount of time out of purgatory and so Luther's 95 Theses really was directed at that Uh, and he wanted to start a debate among his colleagues he never intended it to be circulated Mm -hmm. through um, Germany as it was he had no intention of doing what he did um, he wanted to just debate with his colleagues about this. Because he was a professor, right? That's right. And that's how they would do it. They would nail things to that door, and then they'd others would go read it, and then what they would do is uh, show up or, or put it in writing and debate what they're saying and, and get these discussions going. And somebody took a hold of that, apparently uh, made copies of it and distributed it. And yeah. It, it really lit a fire there. So basically it was, but the idea of reforming is they, they didn't have any intention at the time of um, revolting the against the church yeah. or leaving the church or creating a new church. They didn't have what we have now in, in denominations and different mm-hmm. things. Those all were a result of the Protestant Reformation ultimately. Right. And uh, you always had throughout, some ti- throughout the time some subgroups and mm-hmm. the Anabaptists and things that were emerging. Um, but in the main... These reformers were Roman Catholics themselves and just wanted to reform the church. Reform some of the practices and some of the teaching of the church. Right. And then that went on with Martin Luther really studying the New Testament, coming to the uh, understanding of um, the, you know, the, the, the idea of justification and um, salvation by faith in Christ alone and, and these kinds of teachings that became what we're calling the results of the Reformation. Mm-hmm. And really, there's five. The five solas. Mm-hmm. Okay, the word sola is Latin for alone. Mm-hmm. And um, and these we and the reason we go over these and 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 want to talk about the Reformation every year is because uh, we we can ha- face the danger of thinking we're the only generation mm-hmm. of Christians that ever lived, you know? <laughs> yeah. And we need to be able to look back at church history and see that's not true, and so that we can avoid certain dangers and things. We can also look back and then be appreciative because we see that really what came out of the Reformation was a recapturing of the gospel. Yeah. And what we take for granted now, even the fact uh, with our Bibles that we sit in a service and 
and a, a pastor gets up in the language of the people, because yeah. that wasn't happening, no. in the language of the people and says, uh, hey, open your Bibles to such and such, and let's walk through that text. Well, we take that stuff for granted, but that came out of the Reformation yeah, it's period. recaptured there. Exactly. So so should we just walk through these yeah, five solas? through the five solas. I think the other thing that is going to, just in regards to what you were saying, uh, I think it's important for the people of Calvary Bible Church to understand, like, we stand on the shoulders of the Reformation. That's we're right. in that Reformation tradition. Right. Uh, you know, we're, we're a product of it. So we should love the Reformation, give thanks to God for it, yeah. and love the doctrines that came out of it. Yeah. And we don't need to be, we need to, um, we think about titles like Protestant mm-hmm. or Reformed. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't always need to shy away from those mm-hmm. titles because... Um, if we have a proper understanding of what these mean, then they can be actually helpful at times right. for us. So, yeah. Well, if we think about um, these five solas, so basically, uh, there's uh, scripture alone or sola scriptura, and this became really important. It really is the foundation yeah. upon which um, Luther was battling against the church. At that time, the church they believed scripture came from God and that it was important, but it wasn't scripture alone. They had mm-hmm. the teachings of the church. They had the Pope. They had the, uh, the councils that had been, that had come together. And the problem with it, it isn't just that those were helpful. Okay. Or the writing of the church fathers, the church at the time didn't see those other writings just as helpful. They saw them as equal mm-hmm. in authority to scripture itself. And, um, so even when Martin Luther had his famous, uh, stand at the at the the diet, diet of worms. That sounds like a really that sounds like a real weight <laughs> real, loss diet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You just Unless eat worms. It's gummy worms. But that just meant that assembly that got together to really put him on trial right. for his writings and uh and he made the comment uh something to the effect of po- we we can't really trust popes and councils cuz they've erred. Yeah. And that it isn't wise to uh really put our trust in anything other than the scriptures. Yeah. I can't go against that. And yeah. And that's where he made a stand on the scripture alone. So we don't we don't think a church document is equal to scripture. We don't think what a a pastor or a pope says is equal to scripture uh, in authority. Anyway, it's scripture alone that is our authority for our uh, faith and life. It's it, whatever it says we believe, uh, whatever it uh, d- tells us to do, we do and obey. It's scripture alone. It comes from God. It's breathed out by God. And so that's really where our formation of our understanding of Scripture alone came from. Yeah, I think the other thing too, people should think should should still understand there is still a vast chasm of difference between us and the Roman Catholic Church today in this area, yeah. right? So if you're having a conversation with a Roman Catholic and they'll say certain things that sound a lot like what we believe, but when it comes down to this foundational issue, is it Scripture alone? They'll say, yeah, Scripture alone plus mm-hmm. whatever the Pope speaks. Ex- Ex cathedra from mm-hmm. his seat, mm-hmm. you know, whatever the councils say, all of those different things. And if they contradict the word of God, well, uh, that doesn't really matter because they're also the word of God. Yeah. And so, so understand that 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 whatever your sole and final authority is, really, really does matter. That's right. That's and that's what we base all of our other theology on. That's what we base our teaching on. Is Scripture. Right. That's where we begin. Yeah. So we have to have that settled first. Right. And, and then there's. Um, Oh, we could go to uh, sola 
Christus or okay. uh, actually, you know what? I like to do a different direction on that. I like to start with sola gratia. So okay. by grace alone. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about uh, grace alone, we could say salvation is by grace alone. And of course, the scriptures teach that Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, for by grace you are saved through faith. Uh, and this is not of yourselves. It is a, a gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. So, basically, what we learned with by grace alone is that it is uh, grace is is unmerited favor. So all of salvation is unmerited. There's nothing we contribute to it. There's nothing we we did to earn it. And when we look into Scripture and what the what the Protestants believed uh, or the reformers believed is that it was grace alone from beginning to end. So all the way from before the foundation of the world, we see salvation being anchored in the will of God, moving all the way through to uh, the time he called you and the new birth and raised you from spiritual death to spiritual life, keeping you through your whole life and then entering you into glory is all by grace. It's not by your merit uh, or efforts, and it's all anchored in the will of God. Mm. It's, uh, It's by grace alone. And then the uh, the next one is uh, faith alone. Well, oh, go one other thing, just to interject with that too, because like connecting that to what Martin Luther is dealing with, right, with the indulgences, mm-hmm. wasn't that totally opposite grace alone, right? Yeah. The merit there was the purchasing of an indulgence to free one's soul from purgatory, right? Uh, so right there, you know, just a very obvious uh, issue of that's right. And they would alone. open like the things we're saying that the Roman Catholic Church would believe. They believe. Right. It's not like they're going to say, oh, no, no, that's not what we're saying. No. We are. They do say that. Right. Um, it's none of the, the key word in any of these isn't grace or faith or Christ or glory right. or uh, scripture. It's the word alone. Right. They're saying it's not by grace alone. It's grace plus works right. or grace plus uh, your response to God mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Grace plus uh, going to confession, grace plus partaking of the sacraments in right. mass and right. all of those different things. Anytime you're adding something to, it's no longer alone. And yeah. therefore it is counter the gospel. Yeah, yeah. So, and then the next one that really speaks into this uh, is similar to that is the idea of faith alone. So faith is the um, instrument that God uses to that we receive justification and the um, imputed righteousness of Christ and the forgiveness of sins and that. And of course, Romans or Ephesians two makes it clear that faith is part of the package of the gift of salvation by God's grace that we get. But faith is really where we start speaking to the issue of um, works Mm -hmm. and, and the idea that it isn't just, Faith, it isn't faith plus works in what we do. It is faith alone that brings justification. Mm-hmm. This is how we're justified before God. How? Through faith. Right. And, um, and faith alone is, uh, is where, we are, where we are justified. And uh, that is contra what they teach about uh, merits. As a matter of fact, the... The response to the Reformation that the Roman Catholic Church gave out uh, clearly says in their teachings, in their formal teaching, is if anyone says that yeah. he is justified by faith alone, right. 
let him be anathema. Yeah. That's the idea. It's 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 um the, again, this is what they teach right. if they know their own doctrine. Cuz uh, actually after the Protestant Reformation, there was a Catholic Reformation, so to speak, as well, where they actually reformed some of their doctrines and even kind of tightened things down yes. to, in essence, to squeeze out any Protestants left. Right. Uh, and so r- they took the exact opposite stance of justification by faith alone and did add that that idea as well. Right, right. And then the next one is uh, in Christ alone, solus Christus, and... Um, the idea here is uh, a couple of things. The first one is that uh, the the Roman Catholic Church had established this system of priesthood and and that that taught the believers they needed uh, intercessors between mm-hmm. them and God, like a priest. Mm-hmm. And um, and the reformers said no. Uh, Christ is our high priest, and we have access to God through faith in him alone. Mm-hmm. So it's faith alone in Christ alone yeah. for my access to God, for my salvation, for the forgiveness of my sins. And it goes on to mean, when we say Christ alone, we mean he did everything necessary for us to be saved finally and fully forever. Yeah. So... Um, his cross work was sufficient to satisfy uh, the punishment we deserved. His life and his righteousness imputed to our account is all we need. Mm. Uh, our, our righteousness account is filled up because of Christ. And through faith, of course, we receive that righteousness. And you don't add to it or take away from it. Mm. And it's fully sufficient well, of course, uh, even their doctrine of purgatory doesn't bl- d- reveals that they don't right. think the the sacrifice of Christ was enough because you when you die you have to go pay for more of your sins. Uh, of course, you can buy some of your way out of that with your mm-hmm. uh, paying your indulgences and that, but like um, or paying penance and then you get your indulgences. But uh, we believe that Christ is, has done everything necessary for our salvation, yeah. and so we are just trusting in him alone. Right. And that idea of faith, too, to go back to that, and the Reformer's understanding of faith, um, it wasn't just intellectual assent to who Jesus was and the truthfulness of the gospel and what he did, though that had to be there. It had to have that issue of trust and reliance. So when you think about faith alone in Christ alone, you're thinking about I am relying in him and upon him and him alone. So when I go to die, I'm just my soul is just resting in trusting in who Jesus was and what he did for me and that's the only reason I'm going to heaven. Yeah. Okay. It's that faith alone um, in Christ alone, that his his work was enough, his righteousness is enough. I don't need anything else. Mm. So, you know, and, and just an interesting note, or or to give a little bit of context again into the time of Luther and the others, right? Uh, they did not teach Christ alone, and it was seen. Uh, I, I was reading earlier on John Huss, right, who was one of the forerunners of the Reformation, really, John Wycliffe and John Huss. John Huss uh, adopted the ideas of the Reformation, the idea of the sufficiency of Scripture, and started preaching that. And in his city, uh, all the uh, the higher-ups of the church, I guess, basically banned the, the priests in that city from offering 
the mass and the sacraments to the people. In essence, they were saying salvation comes through your partaking of the sacraments, your attending a mass, the last rites, all of those things. So therefore, it's the priest is your uh, mediator between God and man, and you need him in order to be saved. So in essence, by barring them from access to the rites of the church, Mm -hmm. they were condemned to hell. Mm -hmm. And right there, you're seeing, this isn't Christ alone. And this was, again, some of the issues the whole, all the reformers had was, was that it wasn't Christ alone. There, the church was teaching you need a priest, you need these systems, you need these things in order to be saved, and we can even withhold salvation from you by taking away the priest and his rights. Right. Quote scare quotes around that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Christ alone. Christ alone. And then, so I think we've covered them all except the glory of God alone. Yeah. Solo, soli deo gloria, and this, this really just sums all of these up. If, if all of these others are true. It, you know, scripture alone, um, faith alone, or grace alone, faith alone, and Christ alone, then salvation is all to the glory of God alone. In other words, we share none of it. If we think we contributed anything to our salvation other than the sin that made it necessary, then we are taking credit. We We are taking some part of glory in that and the salvation really is for the glory of God. Everything that God is doing is for his own glory. Mm-hmm. And um, we even looked at part of that Sunday morning in the service um, out of Ephesians one. The idea is it's to the praise of his glorious grace. Yeah. So we're it's all directed towards him. You know, in the old testament, uh is it that God says, uh, I will not share my glory with another, right? And, and in thinking about the teaching of the Catholic Church during Martin Luther's day, even the teaching now, they want to get glory for themselves in a way, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when when we're, we're saying that grace comes through the priesthood, when you can add things in order to earn your salvation, you're essentially a glory thief, right? Yeah. Saying yeah. that I should get some of the glory for my salvation. Even though people would never actually say that, that's what no. your actions right. are proving. and. Again, the Reformation reminds us, no, salvation is all about the glory of God. Yep. And many other things came out of the Reformation um, that we won't talk about, don't necessarily need to talk about all of them, but even in our worship practices mm-hmm. and, and our having the Bible there with us and um, the following along in the Scriptures and yeah. listening to what the pastor is saying and making sure it's from the Bible, all those kinds of things emerged from that time yeah. period where God very clearly was doing something powerful yeah. and uh, through very imperfect men. Sometimes I, it, people will draw out Martin Luther's imperfections, obviously. Which he had a lot. He had a lot <laughs> of imperfections and sins um, and uh, in that. But, um, but yet, it, if you know, we can see God's working mm-hmm. through it all and seeing the results even as the church has uh, grown and and matured in some ways mm-hmm. <laughs> over the years, and we just can't forget that. And yeah. um, it may come a time, you know, we look at the church in the United States, if we just broad brush modern evangelical church, um, we see things uh, in it that need to be reformed again, yeah. and we need to give attention to uh, again um, about things we're not thinking rightly about or doing or practices that get inherited because it comes in very subtly just as yeah. it did, you know, in the Roman Catholic Church through that thousand-year 
period of time, dark ages is what yeah. we call them, things creep in. Mm-hmm. Um, wrong ways of thinking, wrong ways of teaching, immorality. This was mm-hmm. large. Martin Luther saw a lot of that going on in the in the priesthood. Uh, yes. Sin and immorality and all those kinds of things. So the church needs to keep reforming. And it wasn't that one of the, like, the heart cries of the Reformation? Absolutely. Ever reforming. Ever right? reforming, yeah. And, and that's where it is helpful, again, to think about these five solas because they're kind of the foundation of really everything we need to know, right? right. And right. so we keep going back to those things. And if you always start from a place of Scripture alone, uh, no other authority other than Scripture, uh, you can reform yourself and reform or reform the church right. properly. Yes, so. that's right. Good. I hope this is helpful to people. Yeah. And like I s- said, I think every year around this time, October, early November, we do a little talking about it in church, sometimes some Sunday schools right. devoted to it. We've had sermons devoted to it. We didn't do that this year, uh, but we did this podcast. And then I'm always encouraging our people, look into um, the Reformation period, understand yeah. what why some of those things are really important. Yeah. And again, there's so many resources, on, even on just online, yeah. that you could find and just spend a little time doing that. Yeah. Well, we do hope this has been a helpful conversation for you. If you have questions, comments, concerns, ideas, or want resources, reach out to us. We would love to uh, share those things with you. Uh, At Calvary, we exist for the glory of God, the good of his people, and the Great Commission. Thanks for listening.